0: Episode 87 of Welcome to Level 7, Love in the Time of Hydra, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episode 14. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. And Welcome to the big show. This is Ben, Agent Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here with my friend, Agent Dandy Daniel Butcher. Hey, guys. Yeah, I I screwed it up, but I'm going to keep going anyway. We're here to talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And really, there's not a lot of extra stuff to talk about, but we just watched a pretty pretty packed episode so there's quite a bit to talk about with that so i think we should push things forward and and not well, do any chit chat up here well up i think we should talk about why i'm sad i'm excited to talk about this episode but i'm also sad ben uh, there's nothing to be sad about so i think it's time it, well for there, us was, to there was there's some difficulties some technical issues beforehand and apparently something was lost to time yeah yeah i it, never even heard it that's unfortunate <laughs> so uh yeah i think it's time for us to move on I just. I, do you think you can hit the same notes that she does? Well, now listen, Daniel. Okay, so, yes. To test if someone can hear me on Skype, my go-to is to start singing "Papa Can You Hear Me" by Barbara Streisand. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I I didn't hear it.
1: <laughs>
0: Count <laughs> really yourself lucky. Next time, can you just turn the recorder on? uh no probably not dang it so hey we need to talk about some news there's some big news that broke recently and i'm not talking about the news of a new x-files series that made me seriously seriously tempted to start a new podcast but don't worry or the news not that i it. now understand what bobby's doing and just everybody should be happy and know that she's bright on target where she's supposed to be yeah sure we'll we'll get she's to that when hero. we get to it we'll get to that when we get to it but we do have two items that we need to talk about from the news All right, let's do it. All right.
1: Shield intelligence report.
0: Okay, uh, I lied. There's actually three items. One item is that we're going to talk about something after the credits of this episode that uh, came in the mail for one of us. Or both. No. Uh,
1: Just one. Good point. Yeah.
0: So what you're saying is you're a lying liar that lies, Ben. I did not lie. I just have not received it yet, but I did order it. Unfortunately, our plan today Is cut in half, so one of us will be opening, the other of us will be listening and feeling jealous, maybe, of what is getting opened. Or not. Or not. Well, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. But the loot crate, the covert loot crate, has been delivered to one of our houses. I'm sure you can guess uh, which one received the delivery. It was not mine. Uh, That's that's the the hint I'm giving you. My hub has better mail. (laughs) <laughs> That's quite possible, actually. So that will be after the, the credits of this episode, though, when we talk You'd about what was moving in. around on an aircraft carrier. Maybe the mailman, the postman could find you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was on this aircraft carrier, and I didn't even realize I was on a boat. You know, I'm a trained spy. I've been working as a mercenary for years. And you, you think the hatches would give it away? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or or maybe just, you know, the movement of the floor. It is possible, I may be wrong, and this is a question I will have when we are actually into the conversation, and maybe I could look it up before then, but it is possible that those boats are just so big that you can't feel the movement. You'd think as someone when who I'm, has a brother-in-law who's been stationed on an aircraft carrier that I would know the answer <laughs> to that question, and I'm not going to text him this late at night. Yeah, so I, uh, anyway, we're, we're getting off topic. I mean, we're getting on topic, but on topic that's supposed to happen later on. Anyway, that happened. The loot crate came, and so we'll be talking about that. Item number two, uh, if you are interested, Daniel, and this is something that um, you have indicated to me that you are interested about, but I think maybe our listeners might be interested as well. Um, The graphic novel, Marvel's Avengers The Age of Ultron Prelude, which has the two-issue adaptation of the first Avengers movie, Plus, it has uh, some classic Avengers issues and a couple newer ones as well. Uh, It also has an original story that takes place between Avengers and Winter Soldier. Basically, kind of linking up um, some some events that were implied, but that now you get to see actually happen. This is in continuity. This is supposedly canon. Based on the uh, the red A stamp that's on the cover of all the MCU related books that have been come come out lately, um, but not only does it kind of bridge the gap between Avengers and Winter Soldier, it also it also Daniel gives a little bit of a peek into the background of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch who will be in Avengers Age of Ultron. And I was surprised actually by what I read. I'm not going to talk about what I read. I'm not going to spoil this. Uh, we will talk about this and spoil this in our next comic book episode. But um, this is just a bit of news that I, I received my copy today in the mail. That's the one good thing that came in the mail today. Uh, that it, I received my copy the story was a surprise. The graphic novel is $14 if you are interested in buying it. However, um, I'm going to say that for most people, if you're not a completionist, it's probably not worth your while to buy. The bulk of it are reprints of Avengers comics that you might be able to access in other ways, in better ways. I can't right now and don't, and so I am enjoying these old issues of Avengers. It also has that movie adaptation... Honestly, the movie adaptation, it's okay, but I've seen the movie a bunch of times. So that's not a real appeal to me. But this new story I did find very interesting, not worth $14. bucks. It is, I think, about, about the length of a regular comic book, maybe a little bit shorter than the regular 22 pages you would get in a regular comic. But um, just to throw that out there for you listeners, if you see this graphic novel at Barnes & Noble, I'd pick it up and take a peek in the middle there and read that middle story at least. Your library, you could grab it there. Um, don't do it at your comic shop, though. Uh, your comic shop is not a library. Uh, and so it's it's not meant for you to stand there and browse and read. Your comic shop is a local business, and they deserve your support. Um, so, Ben, I completely loaded it up. Loaded what up? Uh, Marvel's The Avengers Age of Ultron preview. Uh-huh. To purchase it. On? And you, well... Just right now online, and you may have actually talked me out of it. So. I, you know, what we will talk about it in the comic book episode at greater <laughs> length. But Daniel, if I talked you out of it, I'm going to say that you are going to be glad you still have that 14 bucks and that you haven't seen Barnes spent it. and Noble, huh? Just stop in, read that 14 pages. Yeah, that's something I would suggest. So, anyway, the information about scarlet witch and quicksilver surprised me it was not where i expected them to have come from having seen some of the previews it does make sense though so um was there a diviner or will you tell us later i'm not going to tell anything more uh i'm not going to confirm or deny the presence or lack of presence of anything so we're gonna we're gonna stick with that So those are the two not-so-big news items. There is one big news item that we need to talk about, though. Daniel, do you know what that is? Um, Is it that uh, Falcon and Loki came out today for Disney Infinity? No, but that is kind of cool. No, it it does have to do with uh, Falcon, though, and possibly Loki. And that is that the Russo brothers, who directed uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and who are in the process of directing Captain America Civil War, are now set also to direct Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and Avengers Infinity War Part 2. This is interesting news because uh, I don't think any one of us uh, expected that um, we would have, you know, our buddy uh, who would stick around. I mean... Buddy stick around. You mean Joss? I mean Joss Whedon, yeah. I mean... He's the guy who started this all for us, Daniel. Dude, he... he he's the guy who started this all for try. us. He, he didn't start it all? He started it all for you and me, Daniel. John Favreau? He's the one who brought us together. Kevin she, Feige? He's the one who directed it. No. Joss likes to try different things, but he just... TV show together for us and... Because Kevin asked. This podcast was a thing now. Well, that's because of Clark Gregg. Anyway, uh, Joss Whedon, not directing the those two Avengers movies makes sense. Uh, having the Russo brothers step in also makes sense because, Daniel, I don't know if you've heard this or not. Captain America Winter Soldier was pretty fantastic. It was really, really good. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's not just a favorite because it's an Avengers movie. It's no, a favorite it's because it's, it's really, really, really good. good. My 13-year-old son, it's his favorite movie of all time. It's his. Well, it's his Star Wars or his his Superman. And you just on. said something interesting. You just called Captain America: Winter Soldier an Avengers movie because it is. So really, if you think about it, this would mean that the Russos and Whedon would have been the only two to a direct Avengers movies. Well, you know, we it was a mini Avengers movie, definitely. But then you're looking at Captain America: Civil War, and that with all of the characters they seem to be bringing in. Sure does sound like an Avengers movie, and if we've learned anything with things like Star Wars, Joss Whedon, and Avengers: Age of Ultron, lock those guys down early. Lock yeah. down yeah. creative people. Get them. Get them in ironclad contracts, so we can just take away all their creativity <laughs> and put it into awesomeness. Yeah, use them. Use them, use for the them awesomeness quickly. They can provide. Use them. Pay them decent and then spit Make them, them out happy before they get bored. But uh, yeah, this is I mean, it sounds like they're they're looking at Civil War and saying another pretty good-looking movie we need to hang Avengers Infinity War on someone who's going to produce a very very good and entertaining and exciting product. And, and who can work with Kevin and mm-hmm. understand Kevin's needs and motivations? Well, you, because you, he's holding a thing together. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and for the Avengers movies, I think you really need someone who understands what's going on. Bringing in someone new, you know, at this point in the game, bringing in someone new may not be the greatest thing to do. However, you've trained these two guys. They've been brought in. They delivered a fantastic movie. And it makes sense to to want to hand them the keys to the you know, the 62 Corvette, right? Along with the buckets and buckets of cash. I'm... I'm pretty sure that a bucket or two of cash is going to exchange hands and definitely made the deal an easier thing to do than just saying, hey, Avengers, it's pretty rad. you want to do it? Well, I will say if they're Deadpool fans, they probably would have required that money be in a pillowcase with a dollar sign on it. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to. Just a pillowcase with a dollar sign on it filled with money. That's how you pay me. Yeah, well, that's the arrangement we made. That and some tacos again. Don't understand why your so. mails really bad. They don't even pick it up either. So waiting. Yeah, so frustrating. Well, maybe the the fresh tacos made it, so they didn't want to taste so, with them. So, so Ben, what can we say about this other than yeah, we're for this. <laughs> I don't really see anything else to say. Um, it's a good idea. They've made one good movie. It sounds like they're in production on something that's going to be an epic movie. And if we're going to have this in these two Infinity War movies be the biggest Avengers event yet, which it sounds like they're going to be, with just tons and tons of Avengers, you have to give the keys to somebody like the Russos. Because I don't mean to speak badly of Joss when I say this, but I think Joss might be a little bored. He's put a lot of his life the last few years into these these Avengers movies. And I think he'd probably like to try something else for a bit. I have no doubt that that is true. I have no doubt that that is true. Um, so Which, we'll again, I don't hold that against him. Oh, no. no absolutely because he's not. Because he's made it very, very clear in the past. He likes making different kinds of movies. Yeah, so. and, and he wants to stretch himself and, and do new things. And Avengers was one of those stretched new things for him. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron will be interesting to see if he's able to grow or continue growing, that is. I mean, because you watch him as a cinematic director from Firefly to Avengers leaps and bounds as far as being, and when I say cinematic, I I, I do mean big blockbuster, big screen, um, action, adventure, and that kind of thing. Firefly. Uh, or rather, Serenity, the movie, it's good. It's a really, really, really good two hours of television. Uh, it's a not as great two hours of of big screen Sadly, cinema. he had made better two hours of television for television. Uh, and, you know, you give him the, the budget and, and the room to grow, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing him grow there, but you also then see him want to do um, Much Ado About Nothing as well. And you, you see him not wanting to lose just the the uh, independent spark, and so I'm excited to see Age of Ultron. Um, I'm not sad to see him not do Infinity War just because it means uh, he's doing something he wants to do or not doing something he wouldn't want to do. And we've got which these- isn't a good thing. And we've got these two guys coming in and saying, "Hey, we'll we'll do it because big trucks full of money and." We're enjoying really it. great, exciting movie to make. So I, I do think they're enjoying it. And it and sounds you know, like they're filming these back-to-back to, back to back as a single unit, which is also yeah. an interesting way to do it. Uh, I, that was really intriguing to me when they first did that with Back to the Future Part 2 and 3. I thought, that's the coolest idea ever. Film the sequels at the same time. But did you get bored with it after Pirates 2 and 3? You know what? I didn't find it nearly as um, exciting or interesting It with Pirates 2 and 3. No. It's because it was passe by then and it had been done. No, but with, but with Lord of the Rings, that was the intent. They they filmed those three movies as one great big long marathon filmmaking, you know, and, and the same with Hobbit. And... Well, the thing is about those movies, though, is don't Hobbits have, you know life expectancies that would give you concerns. you got to make those movies fast. Um, I don't want to talk about The Hobbit any more than we have to, but the, the the interesting thing to me here that is, you do have Infinity War 1 and 2 being filmed back-to-back, but you're also going to have a couple movies in between them that will be occurring and, and have events happening in between. I find that to be a, interesting, and I'd like to see where that's going to go. So, It sounds like some interesting scheduling for Marvel Studios. Yes. So, dude, let's let's go redeem my girl. Let's go talk about love in the time of Hydra. Mission report. So, Daniel, Ooh, yeah. This episode, Love in the Time of Hydra. I found this to be an interesting episode because it had thematic meat. Oh, I also found it to be an interesting episode because it didn't really give us much in the uh, in the in the sense of uh, closure, or a plot that's going to wrap up at the end of the hour, this is set up.
1: Are you it saying is, this is Empire
0: Strikes Back? This, yes, sure. We'll 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 go to that standby right there. This was Empire Strikes Back. A lot of stuff happened to show us what ha- what ha- what's happened since we last saw these characters, and then a lot of stuff was set up for what's going to happen next when we see these characters. And then it also was interesting because it did reveal a lot and give us a lot of things to think about, I think, as far as our characters go. So that's, uh, that's my, my, opening, my opening line here for, for this episode. And my opening line is, I'm sad to admit I don't enjoy pumpkin pancakes as much as the rest of the family. I just think there's too much pumpkin in the world. I like it in my pie just fine. does it have to be in everything? I can't stand pumpkin. Anything. And I didn't know there was such a thing as pecan syrup. Oh, yes. There is definitely pecan syrup. And it does help pumpkin pancakes quite a bit because we eat a lot of pumpkin pancakes in this house. We do, too. But when I say we, I mean everyone but me. (laughs) It's just not my thing. Apparently, Ward likes them, though. But he's looking forward. The syrup has got his attention. Yeah, he's he's excited about it, and he's disappointed. Uh, So we open up in this restaurant here, and I was reminded, and and I'm sure some of our listeners were as well, this opening reminded me of Pulp Fiction. I was going to say, I've only ever seen Pulp Fiction once, but it instantly jumped to mind. Totally jumped to mind. Uh, They aren't there to rob the place, though. They're actually there to find someone. They are kidnapping a scientist. And who are they? Well, it's Agent Ward. Who is back again? We've been waiting for him for a little while now. A lot of people have been wondering what's uh, what's he been up to. Well, he's been recovering and spending time with our other primary concern here in this for opening episode, Agent Melinda May, thirty-three. Oh, that's right, aka Melinda May Meatface. <laughs> <laughs> so, Man. yeah. Poor girl. Poor Agent well, 33. Melinda. Melinda did leave her mark now, didn't she? She did. And boy, oh boy. Her though, face. <laughs> Daniel, I was so excited. So excited for what was happening in this episode because I was afraid we we're going to have meat face Melinda forever. I mean, I, I didn't want that. I didn't want two Melinda Mays running around the whole time. No, I get it. I mean, it just was beginning to seem weird. Uh, can I comment just in general about the transformation in her nano mask and the portrayal of Agent 33? Yeah, let's talk about Agent 33 and Ward here for a little while. What? Even though they were bouncing around back and forth, but let's, let's, let's stay tracked on them for, for this. And maybe with this episode, sometimes we may stay on some of these tracks for a while because of just some of the jumpiness. Very but- jumpy. But it didn't feel jarring. No, I I felt like the pacing was just about right for all the different places we were spending time in. We went to a lot of different plot lines. A lot of different plot lines. Uh, The thing about. So, 33 gets her face fixed by this guy that they kidnapped, who makes a comment, you know, about for your shield or Hydra plans, whatever it's going to be. One of the things he does is he stabilizes her voice. And to me, at times, the voice seemed off. I know it's being dubbed in, but it didn't always feel right to me. You know, it never bothered me until it was obviously dubbed in for the man when she was taking the man's persona. Um, But it didn't really bother me. In fact, I was wondering if they were dubbing it in uh, or not. Because it did bounce around between how many different people... Spoke as Agent 3, or 33. I think the original, at the end, spoke. Um, fake Sky. De- definitely Fake Sky and meat Face Melinda. Um, No, Regular Face Melinda, eventually. Wow, wow you're going to get some nasty letters about that. Well, come on. <laughs> she has meat sticking out of her skin on her face. It's not a steak, man. It looks um, like a steak. I mean, as a fan of Dead Zone, or whatever his name is... You can appreciate meat-looking faces, right? He wears a mask. But anyway, yeah, and he has a condition. And now she does as well. It's called cancer. But anyway. And she has a condition. It's called super terrible electrical burn to your face. Uh, but again, sometimes it just didn't feel right to me. It also could have been, and maybe this was a, a special effect. Maybe it sounded a little metallic at times and that may have been the intent to give the idea that there was that electronic mm-hmm. kind of ting to it like because it is a, a tech that's being used to give her a voice that's stuck on Melinda's it was also interesting learning about the nano mask you know she can only have 3 in, uh, saved at a time yeah that was um, cool um it can't come off it can't come off of her yeah because and it's it's fused into her her meat, her skin. And and it doesn't have her original face because they don't have a picture of it. So she can't become her, per se, without looking scarred. Right, because she could look in the mirror, but she could turn it off. I guess they could take a picture of her with it turned off. But, yeah, there's no way around it. Well, and it does seem at the end she can clear it and just let it be sheer. So her face can be seen. Yeah, I think that's – I think she turned it off for at the end. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is is I I do think they really were foreshadowing the, the use towards the end with having her first transformation be a man. I kind of said at that point, oh, OK, we're going to see her be a male. So later when we get classic Talbot and he's looking for a woman, it was just like, dude, there's nobody here. It's She's not here. Because she, you've brought in all the women, which clearly means she's now a man. I wondered. I, I was, uh, When Talbot was confronting all of the women, and we'll talk about that scene when we get to it. But I wondered if they actually were going to go there and let him be the smartest guy in the room. And no. but No, they're, they're, they're making me the, the, the punchline for a lot of stuff. Of course, I say smartest guy in the room. At that point in time, he was the only guy in the room. So by default, he would be the smartest guy in the room, right? Uh, yes. But anyway. Because <laughs> yeah. he's the only guy. And this Ward 33 relationships kind of strange to me. 33 comes off as super immature to me. Um, and you know she was an experienced, highly trained S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. So at times you're kind of like – At least I am. Again, I I spent a good portion of my time today with middle school girls uh, saying, you know, why does she come off as just coming inexperienced, immature? But then you really have to think about the fact that she's been physically damaged. And then thanks to Whitehall, she's been mentally damaged. Yeah, she's been wiped clean, basically. I mean, not completely clean. But she actually says Whitehall, you know, wiped her clean. I mean, she's... She has had her personality stripped away. And ironically, it seems the nightingale syndrome is her directed at Ward, not the other way around. Yeah, this isn't nightingale syndrome. This is Ward taking advantage and grooming her. Absolutely. And, Uh, And I think that brings me to my second point, which I was going to ask you a question. Do you think Ward actually cares for her or is she just a tool? Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of both. I think that, you know, in the same way, Garrett cared for Ward. Um, we, this is where we get into some of that uh, thematic meat that I was talking about. You've got Agent 33 and Sky both in search of, of, essentially, who am I now? I've had this huge change. Who am I now? What's my identity now? And then you have the Coulson and Ward mirroring where Coulson is trying to help Sky and guide Skye and Ward is trying to quote help Agent 33 and quote guide Agent 33 and when Ward is talking to Agent 33 about his own story about his own situation where he had been stripped down he had nothing and then he had someone come and build him back up now that someone came and built him back up into a killer, you know, that was Garrett. That was Garrett grooming him and abusing him and, and pushing him, you know, to uh, be that killer that, that, that Ward ended up becoming. And this is Ward. I think he's turning around and he's doing this with agent 33. He's creating her to be his partner, his partner by choice. Unlike what Hydra did to her earlier, where they turned her into their operative by um, compliance, the compliance process. Ward has come along and he is making it her choice. But he's forcing her with, to with choose dis- what he wants with, her to choose by but manipulating her. Yeah, and, and Exactly. Let's be clear. He is being dishonest and manipulating. He's... Putting a better face on himself than it actually is. Again, he had an open chat with his family, yeah, to discuss their issues. Yeah, he didn't say, "And I killed them all and burned down the house." Right. You know, and and she says, "You know, we all hide our true selves." Right. As she's doing her mask, and now she's essentially become a super powered character for the show. This mask can't come off. This is not tech that she's using to. Um, you know, that she can take on and off and be a spy because she has this tech. It's part of her now. This is a part of her identity. It's not going anywhere. And unfortunately, she's been wiped clean. And now she's stuck with the, you know, a face that she can change and, other, and be other people. She just can't be herself, so to speak. And then, she, so she says, we all hide our true selves. And he says, or oh, we just wait for the right time to reveal the truth. Which, you know, that's Ward right there. That's, that's his story. Is revealing that truth, you know, to us uh, early in or in, toward the end of season one. There, and he's not just putting a, a good face on himself to her. We know he can do this. We've seen him do this. He's also giving her gifts. He's treating her with kindness when she comes and offers herself to him. You know, with Sky's face. He's saying, no, that's not what I want. I want you. And at the end, when she finally lets down her guard, turns the mask off, he says thank you to her. Um, he he says, you know, he's, he's glad to see this, that she's finally, you know, accepting and, and becoming who she really is. But her becoming who she really is to him is just another means to the end. Well, and let's be honest. For thirty-three to move from thirty-three to Kara at that moment mm-hmm. is somewhat showing us he's won because she's taken down the guards now and willing to be the scarred, hurt, battered person in front of her, in front of him. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where it's it's that bittersweet for us as the viewer, for me anyway. It's bittersweet watching this character, Agent Thirty-Three. And I guess we're kind of walking through her entire uh, her her character arc for this episode. You are watching her go through this character arc where she actually is learning to be herself, but she has a lying liar who's lying to her and about her in some situ- in some ways. Um, well, 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 she I'm has gonna- that is what's pushing her to do what's in any other situation would be a great thing. And Ben, I'm even going to throw this out here. I feel uncomfortable at times because I feel like she's being emotionally abused. She is. She is. I mean, for as good as it would be for her to actually confront the things that Ward is forcing her to confront, she's confronting them on his terms and she's confronting them and becoming what he wants her to be. And he's giving her the illusion of control. And that's, you know, kind of the, a defining characteristic of her character right now is illusion. She is a master now of, you know, changing her face, of shape shifting her face, illusion. He is giving her the illusion of control. And I, and this comes from me not being able to trust his character now. Because of all the things he has done, I think there's only his own ends in mind as he is looking at what he can get from her and what he can give to her. So, yes, she's making the right steps, but she's doing so because she's being emotionally and psychically abused. Which leads me to probably my last point about her. Okay. I feel for her. Yeah. She is wiped clean. She's quote-unquote a bad guy. We've seen her do bad things. Ward's pushing her to come over to the dark side like a Sith Lord. And I somewhat understand her motivation. And I really, really feel for her. Because she is damaged. She has been hurt and scarred and broken by bad men like Whitehall. And here we have a character like Ward doing the same thing to her again. Where we're, you know... You really wish she could fall into the hands of a Colson who might if he had time find ways to help heal her. Yeah. Or you know, let's face it, I'd love for her to have found her way back to Melinda. You know, because here's the other thing about Agent thirty three is she was a competent and motivated and I I would guess moral Oil. moral shield agent she was not a Hydra agent and she was taken and twisted by Hydra into compliance. And it, yeah, this is a character. I, I think this is what we're supposed to be feeling about her. I think this is what the, the producers are and, and writers and, and director and, and, and then actress uh, actresses. I mean, there's, there's a number of different people who played her in this episode, I think that we're supposed to feel that for her. I'm hoping this is one of those few villain characters that they do a really good job of making me hope for redemption for her. Well, And and the problem is even if she can't find out who she is and even if she never is able to build back into the identity that she had before, for her to come out of the other end on top of Ward and to come out on the other end – Um, winning out against him and to come out on the other end as a victor who has been redeemed from her evil deeds, instead of as this victim who is again, has the illusion of control, but is under underfoot from, from Ward from what I'm seeing right now. Anyway, the really hard thing is we get to that last scene and as a viewer who's feeling for her, you feel a certain sense of justice yeah. that she's going to get payback. But we've also seen enough Star Wars movies to know that her seeking justice in this way to cause Bashi pain, to hurt back at him. Yes, it may, quote unquote, be a certain level of justice, but it is going to do further damage to her soul. It is because she's not – acting out in justice i think she's acting out in vengeance absolutely which i mean that's that's absolutely a cliche uh, cliche a trope uh, but it works it, well there's a reason it's a trope and it, it's exactly right yeah, it's because it works idea of justice versus vengeance i mean this is a superhero trope you see all the time I, again i'm just hoping That the trope we see in her ends up being that trope of redemption where she comes out on the other end, returning to that loyal, moral, uh, skilled, competent, and, and confident, confident as well, agent that we had before. And someone who has, yes, been hurt. Someone who's been abused, victimized, but someone who's able to uh, come out and and conquer her abuser and conquer her victimizer. And she's doing it, though. That's the thing. We're seeing her do it, but we're seeing her do it in what we, you and I, Daniel, at least, see as the wrong way. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious. This is a character who we don't know a lot about. She is kind of a blank slate for us. I'm curious where this character is going though and it's cool to see another superpowered villain. You know what else is interesting about this? What? This is probably the most serious talk you and I have had about Agents of SHIELD for months. <laughs> well, maybe. But but there's good stuff going on here. There is. Really, really good character-driven stuff. So you want to talk about Ward now? Well, he's just a jerk. <laughs> This is a tough character, too. Now, neither of us trust him, I'm assuming. No. We're watching him. He's charming. He's everything he was at the beginning of the season. He's everything he was, you know, or tried to be after he made the turn and, and let us know he was a heel. Um, but And so his character arc for this episode is giving the gifts and doing all the things we've been talking about. He has the plan uh, to get She and and his his whole thing is giving gifts to her the final ultimate gift being backsheet, but he's the one who has the plan about how do you get in to talbot uh talbot's uh air Force base his air Force right yeah, yeah he's Air Force, and he's the one who he, he's pretty bold, pretty brassy here i mean he's gonna go in he walks right in now granted they've they've cut off all the cameras and stuff. But these but. are also a group that at one time was taking him into custody. <laughs> no. Of course he escaped. But you'd think most of them would know what he looks like. Well, I don't know about that. But just the fact that he walked out from their custody or ran out after beating people up and causing deaths and stuff. He walks right back in. <laughs> and not even a mask.
1: Not even a hat.
0: No. No, and he'd be a good hat guy. He'd be a good baseball hat, walk into surveillance cameras and just the right angle so no one ever sees his face. You know, He doesn't even bother with the hat. He just walks in. I'm Agent Grant Ward. Who needs a hat? Right? He, here's the thing about Ward, and, and we've talked about him quite a bit with 33. He's creating a weapon. He is. Who is he going to point this at? Well, you know who eventually he's going to point this out. Well, I I think we assume that eventually he's going to point point it at Coulson. Here in this episode, he's using 33 to get revenge on someone else who he feels he probably owes some revenge towards with Boshi. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's a schemer. He's a planner. He's out there on his own. And, I mean, is it he's going to have this weapon ready because he needs to feel like he's proactive before Coulson catches him? Think or is it a defensive mechanism or is it for him to create his own mini hydra i think that i think that's what we're going to kind of build toward here is is that mini hydra or you know i it'd be interesting to see him build something that comes up against and and is the anti shield colson has his team has the bus it'll be interesting to see what what ward pulls together and brings together. Ultimatum, clearly. Uh, not clearly, because I don't know what that is. I haven't read it. Dude, the flag guy. What? Never mind. Flag Smasher. Oh, Flag Smasher, yeah. Yeah, Ultimatum. Uh, all right, dude, take us to the next spot, because we got to get some of the funny in here soon. Well, okay, so we've we've walked through these two characters here, and we're going to come come back to other characters who intersect with them or interact with them. But should we just... Let's follow some characters again. Let's follow Sky now. Hey, let's do it. Okay, so Sky has some interesting things happening around her. Not a lot that she's doing, and it's interesting to again this kind of. I have Agent Thirty Three versus Sky, and I have Colson slash Sky versus Ward slash Agent Thirty Three. As far as these um, mirrored uh, characters who have mirrored uh, character arcs. Where Agent 33 is given the illusion of choice and given the illusion of freedom uh, and the illusion of, you know, finding her own self under the terms that Ward is giving her. You have Coulson and Sky, and you have Skye. She doesn't have any choice. She is locked in. Uh, it starts out with um, a pretty awesome argument between fitz and simmons about which avengers uh character uh sky could most represent or resemble um fitz says you could be talking about an avengers level power here you could be like captain america and simmons then brings up well maybe more like the hulk you know instantly going to the negative Uh, yeah absolutely it's a pretty cool conversation, though. It sounds like actually the kind of thing that you could actually pull out of that episode and put into a podcast. You know, oh, no, absolutely. And it, it's a a nice conversation. Them having it is not very geeky because they're talking about actual real people in their world, and we're it's not. more philosophical. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a realistic philosophy for them though, as they're discussing you know who who you're more like for us. It's you know obviously taking, it's an imaginative philosophical discussion, but they're talking about her as if she's not there. Almost, almost. Uh, but we get the idea that she a doesn't have control over her powers. Obviously we've, we've seen that, but then B, she also doesn't have control over her fate. Really? As they're arguing about things, she then says, well, I'll just go back to the cage. Okay, so she can choose what room she wants to be in, but she's not going anywhere. Uh, if she wanted to leave, you get the impression that she might not be allowed to. Because, you know, she could love. She's on the index. Her, like, yeah. And so <laughs> well, we saw last episode what S.H.I.E.L.D. does to people who are on the index. <laughs> <laughs> so then we move from the Avengers argument about Sky to Coulson and May having a much more serious personal discussion about sky about you may you'll find a way to help sky i know you can um and then sky's story basically turns into taking the pet to the vet story yeah. Yeah. with May hey, real quick come and, on girl and, get, and, in, in, get in get in the car let's get some ice cream let's get some ice cream come on girl licorice let's have some licorice. yeah and so then as she's sitting there and they're driving along and the dog's looking around Where's an ice cream store you know And realizes they're going south instead of north and – but Coulson's going to take her somewhere, takes her to one of Fury's safe houses out in the middle of nowhere that um, sometimes they take superpowered people to and let them just kind of be out in the wilderness where they're not going to hurt anyone. Behind a laser fence. Yeah, yeah. There's an interesting thing with the subtitles there by the way. Where she says, what are you expecting you to do? Go fishing? And he says, don't go too far. There's a laser, laser fence. In the subtitles, it said, you can't actually go to the lake. Oh. So, yeah, it was interesting. They took that out. It is but. interesting. Uh, in, again, the safe house, it's been pointed out Captain America spent time there. Yeah, yeah. So, again, we're getting more reminders of Avengers in this episode than in, in recent me- episodes. Well, the movie's coming, Ben. It's true. We got to keep people remembering that we're in the same universe. It felt... Natural though I mean I say that And I'm a little snarky About saying that It felt natural Well And the thing about it name is, name drop is, the way they did When they did Season one Especially early It felt like we were almost doing Okay let's check off Who we can name Today it really felt like It was part of the world That mm. they're in And, yeah. and it and they, It made good story sense Why they were talking about Avengers The way they were So Simmons has been working on The secret project she gives the secret project to colson the secret project is gauntlets for sky to put on that might help redirect her power and are there side effects ben there are but we'll we'll talk to simmons about those <laughs> yeah uh, it's like uh what next episode daniel next episode <laughs> we got to save some you know we can't just say everything just straight out but here's where sky has limited choice but it's real choice Agent 33 has unlimited illusion of choice, illusion of freedom. Sky has limited choice, but it's actual choice by people who care about her. And so she asks, should I put these on or not? I can't tell you that. What do you think is the right thing for me to do? This is your decision to make. Stop being the S.H.I.E.L.D. guy and be a friend. Is what it comes down to. But Be my dad. Yeah, yeah, almost. I mean, you get father-daughter moments. Sky's Sky has someone in her life. Well, two people. I mean, she has May and Colson, but with Colson it is definitely a father-daughter relationship. And he you know, he opens up about his own dad and about the Corvette that they, they used to fix up with his dad. And as he's talking about that, I just I wrote down in my notes, wait, are we talking about a car? And then she actually says, wait, I'm the Corvette, aren't I? Um, But yeah, so she is definitely something in Coulson's life that he cares about. This is a daughter figure to him. He never had a chance to have a daughter or, or at least he doesn't have a daughter anyway. Yet. And so for him, this is a relationship. This is something he doesn't want to just say, you have to do this. You must do this. So she has real choice, but it's limited choice. She And let's point out, again, last episode, you know, New Shield versus Old Shield. Old Shield would have made the choice for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, you're going to cover your razor blades. Um, new Shield here with our first person going on to the index, we're allowing a choice to be made. Now, I will admit yeah. that that's clouded by the fact that it's Sky. right. I mean, if it wasn't Sky, it'd be a different story. But because it is Sky, and they trust her, she's earned their well, trust. Some people trust her. Well, Colson trusts her. Colson says she's one of the few people he does trust. And so he because just Sky and Bobby is who he should and May he should trust them. We're not talking about Bobby yet, but well, he should trust her. He well, he we're does. not talking about Bobby, and I don't even know what you're talking about. He should trust her? That's ridiculous. Anyway. She's asking him if she should wear them. He says, you you choose. It's your choice. He's leaving her in a place where I'm thinking, if I'm Sky, I mean, I'm freaked out by the powers. I'm out in the middle of nowhere now. I'm going to go out, not quite to the laser fence, but almost to the laser fence. I'm going to try using my power on purpose. That's what I want to see her doing, is not just trying to figure out how do I stop myself from using the power. Which is great. She needs to do that. But I want to see her out there going and making trees shake. Well, and Quake is incredibly formidable in the comics. She uses that weapon to her advantage. And, you know, Simmons, Fitz, for example, is even calling out, you know, she is changing. Maybe she needs to go with some of this. Maybe these micro fractures are the beginning of her body becoming harder and able to handle these things because she's becoming something new which was Raymond's goal. What will we be become? Just because she's been exposed to the teragenesis doesn't necessarily mean Skye's done becoming what she's gonna become. No, not at all. And the gloves aren't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you you were talking about, you know, covering up the razor blades, right? On on the person last week. Um, that's actually not a bad idea. Um, if I had razor blades for fingernails, I would probably keep them covered most of the time. Oh, I'm totally with you. You know, just – I I try and figure out can I shave with these things. That would be hey, kind of nice. But fun thought here. You know they're metal. You could actually cut those down. Just saying. <laughs> you could file them down, yeah. That's yeah, true. just because they're permanently attached to our fingers, it's not like they grow. But, you know, That's when you talk point. about but restrictions though, you know, yeah. easy example from comic book Cyclops – Yes, you know, if yeah. Cyclops didn't use the proper glasses or visor, he would well be inaccessible to humanity. He would be able, all, he would be would dude be yeah. shooting rays from his eyes. But the thing is, is even with the visor, the visor itself is not just a restriction; it's also a focuser that allows him to channel it to where he wants it to go, and at times at the strength he wants it to go. Yes, yes, to the point where with Cyclops he can actually, you know. Uh pick a lock uh and cut a cake yeah well I've seen him cut a cake with that. You have seen him recently do that, and good job, Stanley, yeah, which kind of goes against the whole idea of oh, if only I didn't have these eyes that I can't control, uh I could just be with the one I love when he has pinpoint accuracy to not just cut a cake but also pick a lock. <laughs> door. I'm just saying, but, it, it's yeah. just a side note, and you and I have debated this back and <laughs> forth, but I, I have just gotten myself the X-Men Epic Collection that's got issues 1 through 23, and I am thoroughly enjoying them, but what I do is I limit myself to an issue about every other day, and then I listen to a podcast that you turned me on to called The Danger Room. Yes. And yeah. it is so fun to read these old issues and then listen to them talk about it, and there, are, there are things that are just confusing me to no end. Such as, why are we using so many different colors of word balloons? <laughs> well, that's that's actually a legitimate lettering thing for them back then. But no, yeah. but it's not like Cyclops uses the same color throughout. No, I they, think it's they change. And, okay, we're talking about lettering now, Daniel. We we don't want to go down this path. But I'm not talking about the letters. I'm talking about the balloons. The colored dude. balloons are not about when character, Deadpool, it's about when Deadpool emphasis. uses different colors. There's meaning. That's different. That's different. When Deadpool has different colors, it's to determine you know, a voice or whatever. But you can also use color for emphasis. Anyway, we need to get back to our TV show. So anything more about Sky before we talk about some of the other characters' reactions to Sky? Uh, I'd like to talk about May's reaction to Sky real quick. Okay, so we got May's reaction to Sky. We also have the Fitz and Simmons reaction to Sky that I want to get into very quickly. Uh, that, well, that, I, that's, that, that, that actually talks about a little bit about um, where they are at together. So, May's reaction to Sky, is she scared for Sky or is she feeling inadequate because she doesn't know what to do with Sky? Because I am in these conversations hearing tons of love coming from her, ton, tons of friendship and concern. But I, I just don't know if she's trying to follow policy or if she's scared because she feels inadequate or scared because. She's worried what would happen to Skye herself if something was to happen in the field. I think we're facing a situation for May that's unusual for May. And that is a situation that doesn't have a clear-cut answer for her to act on. In and most one, situations, she's emotionally attached to. yeah, Yeah, absolutely. In most situations, you put May out in the field, she makes a choice, and it's usually the right one. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes bad things happen when she makes the choice whether it's right or wrong. This is a situation where there's not a clear-cut answer. It's a situation they haven't faced, really, within S.H.I.E.L.D. itself of agents who are suddenly powered up and enhanced. And what do you do with someone who has uncontrollable power? The closest you have to that was probably Hulk. There might be other examples that would come up later on down the road as we continuing with our series here but you know with the Hulk what do they do with him and they just keep a good eye on him because they can you know trust that he's going to just work as a doctor in India or whatever it is uh, until he's needed and then they pull him out and this is a situation where she doesn't have the control that Bruce Banner has you know she can't she can't turn around and say you know that's my secret I'm always quaking you that's not going to work with her. So for her, the situation is a completely new one. And so for Melinda may, it's something she hasn't faced and doesn't have a good answer for. And I think that shakes Melinda. She doesn't have a good answer. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I feel for, although I wouldn't mind seeing that scene. That's my secret. I'm always quaking. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons. Those poor, poor friends. Their friendship is, is hurting, but there's a lot of good stuff thrown out in that argument where basically it comes down to Simmons is afraid of change. And she's afraid of the change she's seeing in her friend Sky, and she's afraid of the change she sees in her friend Fitz. And Fitz, he got in there. He didn't cut out her heart with a spoon or anything like that but he did get that dig in and it felt like I just felt like that's, that's a microphone drop right there Fitz you drop that microphone point set match you you hit the quick of the matter with 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 Simmons and I think Simmons has to confront that with herself and so here's my question with that now that it's out there and he stuck a pin on it And I think everybody in the audience was like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. he nailed it. Can they now move on? I think yes. I don't think they're there yet, though. There's got to be some more stuff coming out between them. And I'm waiting now in the next episode or so for Simmons to be able to do the same thing to Fitz. To nail him with that thing that, again, the audience would just be kind of, oh, yeah, I see that, too. She's right, Fitz. You're not perfect, buddy. Because so far, he's been pretty perfect. I mean, he's damaged. But he's the guy on the moral high ground with pretty much everything he's doing. He's the one who knows we need to protect Sky. And, you know, I want to see her come and say, wait a minute, what about you? I just don't know what she'd say about it. I just don't know what the what the counterpoint is. No. You have a brain damage that's no, that's, that's not the counterpoint. <laughs> and we're, we're not talking yeah, not about, so much. Not you know. so much. Well, no. maybe we'll see it in the future. I'm I'm hoping we will. It'll be interesting, but I do see a friendship on the mend. And it's not an easy mending, and I'm so glad that the writers haven't given us an easy mending. This is their friendship is damaged and hurt by outside forces and inside forces. But, I mean when I say outside forces, I mean you know the, the physical damage to Fitz's brain, but also inside forces uh, being emotion emotional response to those outside forces that they have and um, easily. Easily the writers could have taken a route that says, okay, they're just going to be at each other's throat the whole time now. They're enemies now. But they're not doing that. And the other thing they could have done is just said, and, it, and it's okay. And they haven't done that. And and so that's that's absolutely something that, that goes into play here is their friendship is on the mend. And we're getting good conflict, but it is conflict with positive movement forward. <laughs> The ironic thing is that they're, and you just said it, their friendship is on the mend because there's conflict. Yeah, think about that. They're able, they're coming closer together because they're allowing that to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember one point in my marriage where my wife told me, "We need to fight more." You know, and and it's true that you you can't just bottle everything up inside and sometimes coming out with how you feel about something is going to put you in conflict with someone who feels differently. And this and is what you have here is you have Sky and Fitz or not Sky. Simmons and Fitz, they feel differently about how they're responding to Sky. They feel differently about how they're responding to each other. But they're actually talking about it. And not that they're not that they're being intentional with the way that they're talking about it, not that they're saying, "Look, we need to talk." No. They're arguing about something that's right in front of them, but they're dealing with it. They're dealing with this stuff. And that's something, as I'm watching, it's good writing and it could be bad. And so I, I'm just glad that it's not. I'm glad it's, it's not just peppermints and rainbows or whatever. So can we break up Colson into two pieces? They're Okay. Yes, yeah. what so are they though i want to i want to break the colson stuff into colson backstory okay and colson in the real shield okay yeah sure so cuz we Coulson. talked about colson and 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 sky already yeah so there's that third element but we've already talked about that i think yep. enough so this is real quick colson backstory good stuff today we now know why lola is so important this is why you don't touch lola i think it also for me confirmed Colson probably does most of the work on Lola himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Mac's going to have to take a lot of work because for him, Lola is more than a car. Lo- Lola is a connection to his father. Yeah. And so it- Colson is never, ever going to let Mac touch Lola. Let's face facts here, Daniel. Let's face facts here, you who are listening. Mac is not touching that car. No, no. I'll make an argument. Sky could touch Lola. Sure. In the sense of, you know, an emotional connection. That's the thing. This isn't, this isn't a work vehicle. This is an emotional, tangible totem to him for his father who died at age nine. They worked on this car together before he was nine. Yeah. That was quality time that they had together during formative years. This car means more to him than than his spy watches. This isn't about the car, it's about his father. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if if you're overselling the point a little bit because he does put the car in danger. I mean, he uses the car as a tool. Yeah, that allows he, he puts him to you put know, himself in danger in those times too. Right, right. But I'm saying the car, the car can be lost. You but know, but he can fix it. Yeah, if it was destroyed, maybe he'd shed a tear. I don't know, but I, I do. Th- yes, the, Lola itself is not just important to him. He, he's not the saving cool car. it for good. To quote Grant, my my favorite Grant. He's not saving Lola for good, but Lola is an emotional attachment to him. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're going to and so I think if you're working on Lola, and this is why I said Sky could work on it. I think it allow is him emotionally lowering his barriers and saying – "Well, it's going to sound weird when I say it. I love you. Work on my car with me.
1: Well, it's it's, yeah, it's an experience
0: because again uh, colson allowing sky to work on the car is like colson allowing his father's granddaughter to work Absolutely. on the car it's not like mac who is an accomplished mechanic to work on the car i but again mac never will He never is going to touch Lola. And if he touches Lola, I've turned against Mac 100% instead of just 98%. Ben, if it wasn't for the fact that I knew other things, I'd mostly be with your plan for Mac to be dead. You don't know Jack. You don't know Squat. You don't know nothing about nothing. I'm willing to say that Mac has betrayed Coulson. Mac has 100% betrayed Coulson. Okay. Mac has possibly stage. betrayed Coulson with noble intentions, but we're not talking about Mac yet. Yeah. We'll, but, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. With Coulson. Maybe he's being used. <laughs> like Agent 33, right? Yeah. yeah. If he's being used, you know who it is that brought him well, to be used. Well, it's of Bobby. course Bobby brought him to be used. Yeah. Bobby wants I mean, him to Bobby's be used. Bobby's got to protect her interests. Yeah. And Coulson's. Okay, so uh, Coulson as the backstory giver, there's some cool stuff going on. It was nice to see that and nice for him to have that moment. Two episodes in a row. This episode does not have a lot going on as far as we have to accomplish A, B, or C. I mean, other than Ward, I think Ward is really the only one who's given him a Guffin. Coulson is there... To set up Sky's situation. Colson is there to set up his team's situation, and Colson is there to give us some great moments. So what's the other Colson you would like to talk about? Well, the other Colson is the Colson that Fake Shield sees. And fake yeah. shield sees a Colson who oh, man. is all about secrets. And and apparently their mission statement is intelligence agency, no secrets here. Morons. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we will we'll get your secrets. Transparency. It's, it's a really weird situation. And I'm excited to find out more about real shield, new shield, whatever we're going to call it. But it, it's kind of weird they call themselves real shield. That's not weird. I mean, these it's are people. Totally, it's totally weird they call it. Hey, we're, we got matching t shirts for the softball team, and they all say real shield. And we were playing aim last week, and they're like, Hey, we just played shield. And they're like, No, man, we're real shield. And then next week, we're going to play Hydra. And then what's going to be a really tense game is when real shield plays shield because, yeah, you know, yeah. But Daniel issues, but Daniel, you know, you know what exactly what it's like though, you, but, you that softball team. I mean, it was a tight eighteen players. They loved playing softball together, and they were all really happy Wait, with how say, they played. Huh? Did you just say eight players? Eighteen. Okay. Okay. So two teams. Okay. No, I mean, I have to have eighteen players because because go with me, okay? So everybody's getting a sub. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got you got a nice team of eighteen players. They love playing together. They're winning against Hydra. They win against AIM. Uh, their coach, he only has one eye, so no depth perception as far as, like, actually going out to play catch with you. He has to turn, you know, but at the same time, he's a really good coach. And then he's fired. He's fired by or the general manager, okay? So he's out of there. And so what happens? He he says, you know what, Colson, you're starting pitcher, but you know what else? I'm going to make you coach. You need to be coach because you're the one who has my vision for how a team should be should play the game, and so then also turns out nine of those players actually play for the Hydra team, so they, they leave. What does that leave you with? It leaves you with nine people. Nine but you're people, the team, man. Yeah, you're fine with nine, except for one thing, and that's that four of those nine people don't like the way you coach. And they've got, bats. they've got better They've got better the three hundred dollar aluminum bats. They have they better got a lot equipment. of equipment on their aircraft carrier. They have better equipment. They have all the playbooks that you used to use. Okay, except for the one secret playbook that your coach had and that he handed over to you as the pitcher. Okay? So your four players, they're gonna go off and they're gonna start their own team, recruit a couple free agents, and they're gonna have their own team. Now do they have any less right to call themselves the uh, what was it the Shield Talons or whatever it was that that uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Jekyll named them last week, last week? But um, do they have any less right to call themselves the same team name they were already playing under? Who no. decides that? Well, I think I, Ben Ben. I think Nick Fury got to decide. Nick Fury made the decision, but then he died and he wasn't director Um, anymore. um, He made that decision after he died. Yeah, but then he didn't come back. See, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When you look at the charter documents of governance, Coulson's got the high ground. And in their whole complaint, to be honest, who's been fighting HYDRA? It sure hasn't been real SHIELD well, because real SHIELD okay. is taking notes on SHIELD and sending Mac and having to have double agents set up within their ranks instead of taking care of problems. Colson's out there working with Talbot, man. But they're all about like Colson solving the problems of the world. So let's be angry with him because he likes secrets and is interested in aliens. And oh, by the way, Colson got some people killed. Hey, you know what? You know, paramilitary intelligence organization, it's called Risk. I'm sorry. I didn't want Trip to die either. I was upset by it. But you know who was even more upset by it? Boom. Coulson. Mic drop. Okay. And here's another one for you, Daniel. Yeah. He's obsessed with the alien writing. Where did the alien writing lead them to? It led them to an alien city. But who else was looking for the alien city? Hydra. Hydra. Okay, if the bad guys are looking for something, it's probably a good idea for you to look for it too so you can find it first and destroy it if the bad guys are going to use it for some sort of evil. Like, I don't know, killing an agent or something. So so here's where my frustration is. Real Shield, they got this aircraft carrier and it's got these kitty posters all over them. And these kitty posters say, get Coulson. And you know what? Go get Hydra. Go get other terrorist organizations. Do some good in the world instead of looking at the one man in the world with the moral high ground in a 1962 Red Corvette. There's two things going for real S.H.I.E.L.D. that actually makes it work for me as a plausibly motivated organization. One is Commander Adama. First of all, just having him there is Robert pretty Robert Gonzalez. Awesome. Yes. I don't know... Is Robert Gonzalez a made-up character for S.H.I.E.L.D.? I think he is. I I don't know who the character is meant to be, if there is an analog. We actually looked at it in an earlier episode. Yeah, you're right. We did. We didn't find anything. But it might still come up as something. But anyway, you've got him. And he has motivation. What is that? Well, Izzy. Izzy's dead. And Izzy is dead as a result of some of the Coulson's decisions in Robert Gonzalez's mind. Okay. He was fighting Hydra. <laughs> yeah. But he we're even, talking about... I'm sorry. We're talking about, I'm sorry, about vengeance Gonzalez. If you want to save Izzy, give a Quinjet to your director. How about this, though? I mean, you, you can see that motivation. Izzy died getting a Quinjet. That was the mission. Yes. But Daniel... <gasps> blame you want to assign blame right well they want to when bad they, things happen you want to assign blame the group think of the group think of real shield wants to assign blame shield by committee sure wants to assign blame mhm okay so that's one thing going for them uh, the other thing going for them is that it doesn't ha- A corporate takeover i've actually witnessed one happen almost firsthand i can't give any specifics or details because i don't want to um i don't want to cast any aspersions on on people that that, but anyway i've seen one happen almost firsthand because i was involved with uh, all that to say okay um Uh, we know you helped oust michael eisner Uh, Look, it was really difficult, but at the end of the day, it was the right thing for us to do. Now, with a corporate takeover, sometimes it just comes down to, I think I can do a better job than the other person who's in charge. And so I'm going to make the power play. I'm going to go after it and I'm going to get this. I'm going to get the power I need to make choices with my organization. And so you have that happen for right or for wrong. I think that in some ways, these excuses that you're hearing them say are just that. They're excuses. It's them saying, how dare Fury give the keys to you know the car? And going back to that. How dare Fury give that to Coulson? Coulson doesn't deserve it. We do. I do. And here's why. This reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. But it all comes down to, I'll do the job better. I don't care what Fury thought. Because he's gone now. And, and so there is that. Their reasons that they state, they're pretty shaky. They're pretty shaky. To me. Anyway. Thank God Bobby's there. Yeah, she's the real voice of reason, isn't she? She is. She is right well, there you know, agreeing with everything they just said. Well, of course she is. She's a she is perfect she's a fantastic agent she's got great spy craft yes great spy craft so great that she is right on board with everything that robert gonzalez is doing he no, trusts her no, Vin, completely i don't think you understand what's going on here oh i absolutely understand what's going on here are you things at face value i am taking bobby at face value she, she says i'm all in and she is because she's been playing this game very carefully. Really, because when you think about it, uh-huh. we were thinking. I have her, been thinking about it. She was an, she was a Hydra agent. She okay, but she was really a double agent for Agent Colson. which was what we believed was because she was a triple agent for Real Shield, but really what she truly is is a quadruple agent for agent Colson trying to get the director information about Real Shield. Okay, so let me get I mean, this straight the, the fact that the Daniel. fact that he knows all about the Mac not lying. Okay. Wink wink. The manipulation of Hunter, manipulation of Mac, it's all Bobby's perfect plan. And here's the thing until someone comes out on the show and says that Bobby's not a quadruple agent. So what you're saying... I'm, I'm going to believe it. What you're saying here... I'm holding to it. Okay. I'm a hot mess about this. So Coulson... Yes. Sends Bobby into Real Shield. Yes. As a double agent. Yes. No, as a as an agent. Yeah. So Real Shield pushes Bobby back out at Coulson. Yes. Causing her to become a double agent. Yes. And in that capacity of double agent... Bobby is sent out to infiltrate Hydra. Yes. So Bobby infiltrating Hydra is actually real shield having her infiltrate Coulson shield, little shield as we used to call it. And so I think it will be so easier she, for us if we just simplify the math. Apparently algebra is not working well for you, Ben. Simplify math the math. is hard. When Coulson says to Skye, you're one of the few people I can trust, what he's really saying is the only people I trust in the world are you, May, and my quadruple agent, Bobby. Well, Daniel, he trusts Bobby a little bit. He doesn't trust Mac at all. And so because he doesn't trust Mac at all, this is good because they are going to find out what Mac is up to. They don't talk about finding out what Bobby is up to. Well, and so if is I was that. to take it at face value. Take take it at face value for me. If I was to take it at face value, I'd wonder if Colson is also not trusting Bobby. Because she's really kind of worked up into Mac's stories. If I was, you know, to not have the secret information. So I, I think in most people's minds that maybe Bobby is in question too with Colson because really the lies that macker is telling is about Coulson and, and maybe even on face value, maybe he trusts Hunter a little bit more than, than others might. Okay. Let's do this, Daniel. I do want to put out a, a question to our, our listeners listener, as you are listening right now. And I know that you're our listening listener who listens because you've listened this far to the podcast episode. Um, what do you think about Daniel's delusion about Bobby? Uh, is it just because it's a pretty face? D- it's
1: cool words, it is I'm a cool ward. am not crazy. Face.
0: And and or or is it that you know maybe Daniel just has is too compliant? Is that the problem? I, I'm just saying. Last week, I couldn't I couldn't come up with the justification to back her up. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. You you, and, you did let her down. And it took me six days because I I sent you a message yesterday that said aha I have it yeah okay but six days later I figured out I cracked the code alright I just had to I just had to link the fact that Bobby <sighs> is loyal to Coulson all and right, then Daniel. then the math all worked out from there uh, the other question I have is you know here we are um, two dudes talking about all these female characters um, how far off are we? That's my my big curious question right now. Is as we're looking at Agent Thirty Three, and as we're looking at Sky and, and their whole choice versus no choice, and all those kind of things, and as we're looking at Simmons, who had the mic dropped at her feet by Fitz, and and as we're looking at Bobby and taking her at face value, or being completely delusional and accepting lies about her possible motivations. How far off are we here? <laughs> but, but, Ben, I'm going to throw this out here. I don't think that we should characterize any of these character issues that we've discussed today as really being male issues or female issues. That's why I'm asking. I'm not saying that they are. I think a lot of this is which ones are people issues. Maybe. I think maybe. anybody can identify with dad problems. Anyone can identify with struggling with how to help a friend that you don't know how to help. I think there's a... I think we all can understand being manipulated. But here's the thing, Daniel, and, and I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm just I'm, saying, again, Agent 33, I have a lot of worry about her, okay? I feel for her. This is going to sound weird. It's not because it's a her. If it was Fitz, for example, I think I'd feel the same sort of way no, because it's a broken person. Maybe, maybe, but that's why I'm asking. Uh, and here's the other thing, Daniel. I look at Skye and Coulson now. I, I can't help but look at Skye and Coulson as a dad. I mean, I do have three daughters. And so naturally, in looking at this father-daughter relationship, I'm going to see myself in that relationship coming in on the dad side. And what do dads want to do? Dads want to rescue, you know? And and so that's where but, you know am, I'm wondering: Am I coming at this in, as too much of a, a male perspective? And but mind? as a dad, don't you want to rescue your boy child too? Absolutely, absolutely. But we're not talking about father-son relationship. But but earlier this evening, I was told that I should be proud of myself because middle school girls like me. So I spend a lot of time with them. Apparently, they can stand me. That's good. That's good. They. Find me tolerable. Oh. Anyway, I, I, I'm just, I'm just put, pausing positive. And I'm gonna, pausing I, I am going to say I'm going to brag a little bit. I'm going to take three seconds and brag. Okay. It's nice to be able to give a talk to, to a group of kids, not just girls, but a group of kids, and say what makes me excited about you is when I talk about you to other people, I don't say what good of a, a player you are. I start with saying what good people you are. And so I, I will say, if you can get out and help kids like that, I know you do kids stuff but in your role, and you can have connections with kids like that. You should find it. There's some good kids out there, and some of them really like to talk about Agents of Shield, which also makes me happy. That's good. That's very good, Daniel. I think and so. Sky to... should be reached out to. Hey, <laughs> are you trying to close this off? Because we can't close this off yet. Well, there's one last part that we need to talk to before. As far as I'm concerned, one last part we need to talk to before we close it off. The 12 hour timer. The what? 12 hour timer. Oh, sure. Go ahead with that. Well, so after figuring out that he's on an aircraft carrier, Lance Hunter does escape. And he seems to be We we needed to go there first. Okay. Okay. Lance Hunter didn't know he was on an aircraft carrier. Is an aircraft carrier so stable? I think they are okay. That's you, you my question. You can land a plane on it. You can land a plane on it, dude. That's true, but I think I don't think you need necessarily have such stability. They're like a city, dude. That's that's also true. I'm asking. It's our not listeners, a cruise ship. I'm asking our listeners who might know: Is it possible for him to be in the heart of an aircraft carrier and not know that he was on? a ship of some sort. I just can't imagine that he wouldn't notice... Maybe he's got an inner ear thing. Maybe. I I just can't imagine he wouldn't notice some sort of movement. Some sort of movement. I just can't imagine. He hasn't eaten in days. Again, I've only been on very small boats. The largest boat I've ever been on is a ferry between... The tip of the Lower Peninsula of Michigan and and Mackinac Island. That's that's the biggest boat I've ever been on. So, but in my mind, imagining this, you know, if I was writing a novel about it, I'd research this to find out. But I haven't done that, so you know, I I can't even go with things that I've learned. All I can say is, wouldn't you notice? I I just don't know. Okay, they're massive. I totally know that. I know okay. that. I, I'm just saying. Well, but he's a know, trained know agent, Lance Hunter, who's being manipulated to act as if Bobby's betrayed him, so that Bobby can continue with her cover. Dude escaped from Real Shield. Well, it doesn't really seem like that he's much of an so achievement. I mean, he kind of walked. He beat up like two guys and walked out a door. Yeah, and then ran and took off. But this is it's where a merciful pot man. Keep those on the deck you do have to wonder though Bobby said she wouldn't stop him but everyone else would stop him she really didn't do anything you know she didn't sound the alarm no one else had a chance to he escaped he's good he's good at what he does and what he does isn't very pretty he's just trying to get the word out what to he Coles. does is escape from boats that he wasn't aware he was on using submersible pods okay so he's out. He's good. I just want to know. Wouldn't he know? But I'm sure one of our listeners, I'm sure there's someone listening who has been on an aircraft carrier or has been on a large ship and is able to, to address this. I think you're bringing the lead, man. What's the lead? Coulson's got 12 hours because no, no, Shield no. Academy. I'm lady not bringing the lead. I'm totally interrupting hours. you. So what? Go ahead. Shield Academy lady has declared 12 hours. Twelve hours until So we know she made it out of the Hydra attack. Until and has joined the jerkiest shield council of all time. <laughs> Twelve hours until I know until you look at Robert Gonzalez and you're like, dude, you're a leader. I just see a jealous, jealous man. Oh I don't see a I don't see a captain. I don't see a leader. I see someone who wants what Colson has or who wants vengeance on Colson for taking away Izzy. I don't see the guy who I was expecting to see, who's the guy who goes out on the deck and says, I'm drawing a line, and those of you who want to make sure they surely die in battle, but do it to save the human race, come on this side of the line with me. I don't see him making that speech. I see him saying, we're going to make a vote to see who's going to draw the line. You didn't watch Battlestar Galactica. And then we're gonna send a kid to committee. Yeah, you didn't watch Battlestar Galactica, did you? Oh yeah, I remember so, man. I know all about the line. Okay, all right, good. So anyway. Um but twelve hours until what? Until Coulson goes down. Yeah. He has to go down in the next twelve hours. Because the minute uh Hunter shows up, gets a gets a payphone mm-hmm. if he can find one, which will take him like another twelve hours. The to jig find is up. The jig jig is up. up. And because then everybody will know what side Mac is on. And then Coulson will know that Bobby's been found out, that she's been been getting information for him in Real Shield. And and so, you know, jig is up. 12 hours. Okay. See you next week, buddy. Here's the other thing we need need to talk about. (sighs) The pretty much the second biggest character arc of the entire episode. Talbot. Oh. I'm gonna just I, I have to read the oh. Facebook message that we received tonight. Oh, Daniel. Talbot. Agent Brian Snook, who's often <laughs> often insightful, says somebody arrests Talbot for stealing this episode. Now, I will argue that maybe Lady Thomas Jefferson might have stolen the episode. The minute Lance Hunter sent, said Lady Thomas Jefferson I was rolling. <laughs> Especially since right. he's not American, that's what makes it even more oh, fun. It's even better. It's more Ugh. it's more fun when when that comes from you know, uh, I'm not gonna say an outsider because he is definitely an insider as far as I, you just goes. gotta but, say Talbot, willing, absolutely willing to <laughs> risk his marriage <laughs> and Taco Tuesday, oh to get his man. Oh, Talbot, Talbot, Talbot. Yeah. I had quesadillas tonight. Does that count as taco Tuesday? No, no, it doesn't. But so eating and driving to practice, and I couldn't really eat a taco. Oh, yeah, that's not easy to eat while you're driving. But, <laughs> oh, poor Talbot. He brings all those women in. He does. He's just so smug. He's just so smug. Oh, what? When was the last time your daughter played with my son? I don't have a daughter. That's right. You don't. When, was, when did I get your That's name right? right. And, I, I, and I had to laugh because I've had people like that. I've got a, a player who's played for me for the first time this season, and she keeps telling me what her nickname is all the time. And she even asked me at one point, do you know what my name is? <laughs> when was the last time I got your name right? Never. And then we rip off Austin Powers. (laughs) It's a man, baby. Oh, Talbot, Talbot, Talbot. And then he pulls a gun on his wife. Doesn't give her any kind of quiz. I mean, she passes the quiz because she brought those little uh, pork taquitos. Is that what? Mm, mm, mm. I have no idea what that is, but. A taquito is like a rolled taco. Oh, well, it's like a tube of taco. Okay. I thought that was a. I'm not going to show how ignorant I am here. Well, at least that's what they are when I buy them at the store. That's I t- am that. ignorant, Daniel. I'm not arguing against you. I'm okay. saying I have no clue because I'm ignorant. So I just don't know the food very well. Anyway, poor Talbot. Poor, poor Talbot. Poor Talbot. So that said, Daniel, I think it's time for us to move on. Yeah, let's let some other people talk for a bit. All right. Let's do it. Shield Field Report. Hey, Ben, can I start you off with a comment about tonight's episode so I can get your reaction? Uh, Yeah, sure. I was going to start with our uh, thank you for feedback uh, for uh, iTunes reviews. But yeah, go ahead. Thank people first. Okay. Well, we just want to thank Hypersonic 55 from UK uh who gave us a five-star review that was entitled Best Podcast for Marvel Material. Very, very kind. And also Jesso 13 from USA, who again also left us a five-star review. It says great info and discussions on Agents of Shield and all things Marvel. Um, I want to thank both of you very much for leaving us those reviews. It's very, very, very much appreciated. And again, you know, it's our listeners who are the reason we do this. And so to have listeners actually spend the time to leave a review, um, that, that, that is a very big thank you. And it's a very well, nice um, and appreciated thing for you to do. We, we truly, truly appreciate that. So I, I wanted to start there with, the, with that thank you. And it's inspired me at times to do podcast reviews because I'm not, I'm not very good at that. But because of that, I have at times had to say, "You know what? I need to help some of my favorite shows too." And along with the thank you, I am so glad that you listened and wrote those reviews before the last two or three episodes. Yeah, and the other thing is with leaving reviews, that is one of the best things you can do for a podcaster, um, especially leaving a five-star review and then leaving an honest your your honest thoughts as well. Um, if you've got problems with a podcast, generally, I'd say, you know contact the podcaster, you know, that's, that's actually a, a good way to go. Uh, but when you want to help a podcast, when you listen to a podcast, and I'm saying this, like all of you who've already left reviews for us, and I know there's a lot of you who have left reviews for us and we appreciate that. That's why we mentioned them. Um, I'd say, you know, if you have a podcast you listen to every week, uh, definitely leave podcast reviews for them, and if you would leave us, if you would say, "Oh, I'm listening to you. You guys stink," I'd leave you two stars. I'd ask you, please, don't do that. But even if you would leave us two stars, if you would leave five stars for other people, do it. Go and do it. First of all, it helps people find the podcast, and and second of all, it does give a nice pat on the back to the podcaster. And you know, we aren't doing this for the for the cash. You know, if, <laughs> if we were doing it for the cash. We would be doing a completely different kind of show, and there might be times when we'll bring up affiliate links and stuff like that, but um, that's not why we're doing it. And affiliate links and that kind of thing, they help take care of costs that we have so we can do the podcast. And we always – like I've said before, when we do ask for something, we always try and give something back in return. But for the time being, we're going to be giving you 50-some episodes a year for free. Why? Because we have fun talking to each other, and we have fun listening to to you. Talk back. And so, I just want to thank those two listeners who, who left those reviews and, and the others who have left reviews for us as well. So, All that said, Daniel, now your comment. No, I want your instant reaction to this while okay. it's still top of mind. I'm listening. Top of mind. Go. From Agent Snook. Okay. Is Sky being bunked up in the same safe house cabin that we see the Avengers chilling at in the Age of Ultron trailer? question mark good question see i always thought they were chilling at well they in the woods i don't know good question that's a good question i don't i'm going to i don't know i don't know oh, here's my first reaction when i saw the cabin is it made me think of the cabin from the end of the incredible hulk where he he was it made me think of it i don't think it's the same place but Here's the thing. I would have to look closer, but they have the set available. They totally do. There's no reason not to do that. I don't know. It's something for maybe us to pay attention to. I think it's something we need to do this for. The new prize winner of the day. That's a really interesting theory. Well, uh, here's a theory. Prediction. Real S.H.I.E.L.D. will take down Coulson's S.H.I.E.L.D. and Skye is going to be the only one out there that can come to the rescue. Who's that from? Is that from Snook? Again, still from Agent Brian, Agent okay. Snook. Okay. All right. And again, I think, you know, we've kind of seen that before with the whole bottle episode where they were stuck on the airplane and uh, the team had to come together and save Coulson. But the thing, it makes some sense. We we get this comment from Coulson that maybe he may have mishandled something, including – and then get the reaction that May mishandled her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe this thing that he didn't do well will come back to rescue and save him in the end. Maybe. And then Sky will further shown her loyalty and how she shouldn't be sent to cabins with Laser fences. <laughs> laser fences. Hey uh, Daniel, do you want to read our first feedback from Agent Lester T. Jester? <laughs> oh man this is in a big font. <laughs> well it's, it's, our, it's, it's not too big in mine and I forwarded it to you. It might my email may have done something to it to, to send okay it to you, so anyway so again this is from Lester T. Jester the official jester. Of Welcome to Level 7. Any other jester claiming to be the official jester of le- level, Welcome to Level 7 is, in fact, a fraud. They might be working for real Welcome to Level 7, though. And they're <laughs> they actually a double be. agent. So... Anyway. Keep going. Greetings, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Or should I say S.H.I.E.L.D. agents? Dun-dun-dun. We have two organizations calling themselves S.H.I.E.L.D. What's an agent to do? Where do your ally- allegiances lie? While well, speaking for myself, Agent Lester T. Jester, the T is for the the, the official Jester, Welcome to Level 7, and Professional Idiot, proidiots.com, it's a clear choice. I side with Coulson. He has the toolbox. He has S.H.I.E.L.D. So, if Coulson is S.H.I.E.L.D., who does Mac and Bobby re- report to? I think they think they are working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and that Coulson is rogue. I don't blame them. Their intentions are true. They're just being manipulated. My theory is to who the director of New Shield is? Grant Ward. Okay, so Marvel has been really good at taking established characters and staying relatively true to them. Mockingbird is Bobby Morris. Quake is Daisy Johnson, whose dad is Mr. Hyde. Marvel has also been really good at taking Mantle's identities that have belonged to multiple characters and giving them to new characters. MCU Deathlock is Mike Peterson. But in the comics, he was a couple of people with different backstories. This stays true to the comics while becoming fresh at the same time. I believe Grant Ward will be the MCU Flag Smasher and that this real S.H.I.E.L.D. will become Ultimatum. And then he gave us the Wiki link to Flag Smasher. I believe he is secretly secretly running an army and calling it S.H.I.E.L.D. to prove he is a good guy to get back into Daisy's good graces when things go south. And they will. He's going to make her choose which shield to belong to. An ultimatum. Well, that's my theory of the week. Agent Jester out. <laughs> Sent before a live studio audience. Here's the thing. Uh, me and, and our Jester friend were completely on the same page. Am I not someone who mentioned Flag Smasher and Ultimatum earlier today? You are. Um, totally um, am. But, but have yeah. you read this? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Grant's totally. No, and I hadn't read this. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is all fresh to me. I'm all about the fresh. I don't know anything about Ultimatum. I do know about Flag Smasher vaguely. He was a Captain America villain who had a mace, I think. Well, it, did, it does help that I was rereading a comic book that involved S.H.I.E.L.D. today that I also had Ultimatum in it. Okay. So it also had a certain red-suited su- guy that you don't like daredevil i like him anyway uh let's see here next we have oh this was a good email this is from agent doug they're all good emails buddy yeah but i it's okay to say it before each one right okay okay uh subject acting no sorry subject acting I know you don't talk about it much, but can you discuss the acting on the show, specifically Chloe Bennett, who has been standing toe-to-toe with people like Ming-Na Wen, Kyle McLaughlin, and Blair Underwood? It struck me as I was watching One of Us that she has done a fantastic job as someone who we knew nothing about when the show started, and now holds her own with some pretty big names. Thanks, as always, Agent Doug. And I would go so far as to say, not just her, but yes, um... We're getting some pretty good performances out of these these people, and some emotional performances, and I'm I've been impressed. I mean, we we've talked about this before, but you're right, not a lot, and not with every episode. And really, we should maybe um, this episode's another episode where we get those uh, good moments from from uh, Chloe Bennett. And what did we get? What one fighty fighty scene tonight? One, we, we get a little bit. We, there's, there's a little it, bit of action minutes. in this episode. Um, the thing is, is is like this episode. It was like everybody was kind of on display for their chops. Even Nick Blood, who we don't really talk a, a lot about, I thought he was definitely just killing it. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. You know, the only person who was not a good actor in this episode, Mac, not the actor playing Mac, Mac himself is not a very good actor. He's not a very good double agent. Let's put it that way. But the guy playing him plays him well and plays him as someone who's not a very good actor. It takes acting skill to act like you're not a very good actor. Truth. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you, Agent Doug. Let's see. What's next there? Well, let's listen to a message. Um, one of these messages—a good to message. to, One of these we're going to listen to is actually from a field agent who's going to give us a field report.
1: Greetings, agents Ben and Daniel. This is Agent Andrew, uh, assistant to the regional commander of the Wichita Field Office. Um, last weekend, I did recon at Kansas City's Planet Comic Con, where I made contact with Agent Melinda May. Um, I got to shake her hand, and I must have done well because I received a very uncharacteristic thumbs up and a smile from her. Uh, the photographic proof of which is on your Facebook page. Uh, but in all seriousness, Mingna is very gorgeous. Uh, I mean, even even hotter in person than she is on TV, if that's possible. Um, and she's got a, just a wonderful wit and personality. Um, her panel was was a lot of fun if if too short, and uh, she couldn't spill the beans on anything any upcoming secrets, but uh, we tried and uh, but she did say they only had two episodes left to film for this season, and somebody asked her if either she or agent Colson have a cameo in Avengers Two, as has been rumored, and she said that she hadn't received a phone call, and the person asking the question said. Oh, so they asked you in person then, and she just kind of gave a nervous laugh. Um, but it, it was nice to meet her, although uh, the photo op with her was unfortunately a little too expensive. So um, I did get an autographed picture of her and gave her a bracelet, and yeah, uh, was able to take her picture while standing in line. So it was—I had a lot of fun, spent way too much money, and. Uh, If you live anywhere near the Kansas City area, um, I highly recommend to plan at Comic-Con. So, uh, until next time, this is Agent Andrew out.
0: And that is the mark of a good convention. Having fun, spending too much money. I do not hear a lot about prints. Hmm? Well, isn't Comic-Con... Convention, Comic book conventions oh, let's about let's prints. not talk about prints. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm a writer, Daniel. It's really hard Kurtz? to make money at a convention when you're a writer because you can't sell prints. That's nothing against the guys selling prints. There's some awesome prints out there, and my good friends are out there doing it. But there's no writer equivalent of an art print. Just do do you know. want me to read this message from Agent Kurt, please, <laughs> on one of us. Good day to you, gentlemen. Agent Kurt here. It's been a while since I last contacted you. My comments relate to the last episode aired, one of us. I thought this week's episode was pretty good. Seeing Fitz and Simmons' relationship so fractured is painful. I wonder if it will get any worse if Fitz somehow discovers what Simmons is up to. And besides getting more backstory into Man Coulson, I was mainly entertained by Cal and his little villain gang. I feel like Kyle McLaughlin's performance has been just captivating. He rides a fine line between outrageous and totally badass. I loved the scene in the stadium when he was on the microphone. His dialogue was so funny and aggressive. I was sad to see Cal's group get dismantled so quickly. They seemed like a ragtag group that could be like a small-scale version of DC Suicide Squad. Not the only one. I'm sad to see them go. I, you were very sad running around and causing chaos for S.H.I.E.L.D. for the rest of the season. But since everyone was defeated and Cal was taken by Gordon, that's unfortunately not going to happen. Now, I just want to know who Gordon answers to as Cal looks fairly fearful before he left the room. Also, what's the deal with Mac and the real S.H.I.E.L.D.? That caught me by surprise totally. I expected possibly another group like Sword or something. This guy's totally in your wheelhouse, man. Yeah, I know. Hurt? And is he, like, getting briefings from you, dude? Uh, no, I think we're just on that same wavelength, that good wavelength. And finally, since the Inhumans are starting to pop up a lot during the season with the characters and mythos being explained, how big of a priority do you think they'll be? Obviously, Hydra was the main focus and things crossed into Inhumans territory. I would just like to hear your thoughts on whether it will be something included during this season or will it carry on into Agent 3. Agent Kurt out. I think this will continue on. And I I think we haven't seen the last of HYDRA. Um, What we saw in this episode today, tonight, was some nice setup for some other conflict, though. We've got Ward now, who's out there. We've got HYDRA, who's out there. We've got Real Shield. We've got Inhumans. And we've got uh, Kyle McLaughlin, who's his own little brand of crazy. So uh, there's plenty of opportunity for conflict and for resolution and for some really i think interesting storylines to come again my 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 personal opinion but yeah yeah it's like you and agent kurt read from the same notes well uh, you know that's just to say great minds think alike and so do ours so from agent jessica the subject one of us, I just finished listening to your podcast on last week's episode and had a few comments. I rewatched the episode last night, and we don't know who was in the picture on Andrew's desk when May and Andrew were talking in the kitchen, May asked about it, but he said he would tell her if she told him if she, if she told about her multitasking mistake story, presumably about Ward, and she said she didn't want to know that bad, so we don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see him again, but if we do, could the person in the picture be important? I'm just wondering why they wouldn't show us unless it was just to be a character moment for May and Andrew. Uh, And interjecting here, I think the fact that they didn't tell us feels like an important detail, but it also is the kind of thing where you're right, it could just be that character moment and it just doesn't matter. Uh, Or it could be both. It's something they could come back to if they wanted to, but just doesn't matter enough to mess with it right now I don't know back to the email I know Mac said he was working for quote the real shield but I don't know if that means that they are really going by the name shield or something else you mentioned organizations like sword or hammer that could really be the ones behind this version of shield also I've never been a huge fan of Mac except for a couple episodes when he was being all buddy buddy with Fitz which makes me wonder how Fitz is going to handle another sort of betrayal by a friend similar to what Ward did What? amen yes even though Mac and Bobby are both in on the secret, I still trust Bobby way more than Mac, as she seems to actually care about the team. When she and Simmons were talking about Fitz lying, it almost felt like Bobby was getting a feel for what would happen once her secret comes out. Kind of like she was worried about it. I don't really get that from Mac. Seems to have forgotten how he was in a similar situation to Skye and even Coulson and could probably relate more than anyone else, but seems to not really empathize at all. I really feel like the wrong people read these emails. I should have read this one, you should have read the last one. (laughs) When Colson, May, and Bobby were fighting on the field, do you think Skye started to lose control because she was worried about the team or because she was seeing people on the index getting beaten down by S.H.I.E.L.D.? I kind of got the sense that she was realizing how people like her are seen by S.H.I.E.L.D., but maybe it was a combination of both concern for the team and fear of the team. Also, with the battle on the field, I kind of expected Bobby and Coulson to have earplugs at the ready or something, since they knew they would be dealing with someone that could put them in a coma. Kind of surprised me that didn't come up. Lastly, I feel this half of the season is leading up to the Civil War story arc more than Age of Ultron, except for the Hydra leadership takedown. Bobby and Max, and now Hunter's secret and the whole Index thing, seems to fit nicely with what little I know about the Civil War stories. Am I right in thinking this, or am I a bit off? I look forward to more answers on tonight's episode and possibly some ham and pineapple, pineapple pizza. Yum. Thanks for the great podcast, agent Jessica. Uh, the civil war question. That's an interesting, uh, element, but I think it's because things we're seeing seeds we're seeing planted right now are going to come to fruition closer to when civil war comes out. I, I, I do think that there is going to be a civil war element Definitely going to be that in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't see any of this leading up to Age of Ultron right now, to be honest. No, nothing right at the moment. Nothing I, that we, we see know, and know, we should say. We, we know Hydra's going to be in Age of Ultron, but... Yeah, yeah. And I had awesome. ham and pineapple pizza last night because my youngest wouldn't eat it. I, interesting. Uh, both this episode and last episode featured food that I just don't like. But there was one food feature that I I almost feel like making a poll on the website at welcome to level7.com. Oh, do it. Was Sky and Colson, was it Twizzler or Redvine? Oh. No. Hmm. It totally was Twizzler. I was leaning toward Redvine. Colson wouldn't choose Redvine, he'd choose Twizzler. Or is it the illusion of choice, Daniel? Ooh. Yeah. Excellent, sir. Well, all that said, I once again say thank you once again for listening. Uh, I really appreciate that we get to have this time together, Daniel, and I appreciate that we get to have this time with our listeners. So to you listening right now with your ear pods in your ear holes, thank you for putting us in your head. And thank you for continuing to put us in your head. And honestly, thank you for writing in and letting us know some of your thoughts and theories. It's one of the things that makes this really worth doing for us. So thank you. And we'll have some stuff after the end credits about that loot crate. So for you, Daniel, any, any last words? I think you need to write this down, Ben. It's important this time of year. Okay. The thing about a writing mower is it gives you... Superior cut lets you control the terrain. You got two hands, four wheels, one saddle. That's what it's really all about, Lieutenant. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Level 7. We'd love for you to join the conversation. You can leave us a voicemail at 177 55 the word level, and then the number 7. That's one 775 553 You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. 7 is spelled out. Follow us on Twitter where we are level7pod. 7, 7 is spelled out. Or email us directly, feedback at welcome to level7.com. 7 is spelled out visit our website welcome to level 7.com for news reviews and links to our rss feeds our theme music is the light fantastic by js earls js and again thanks for listening welcome to level 7 is a proud member of the noodle mix network for more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts and if you think laugh and succeed at noodle.mx go to noodle.mx slash podcast awards to help our fellow podcasters in the award voting process and now it's time for the Welcome to Level 7 first ever live unboxing. Audio only. Audio only. <laughs> so, Daniel, you've got a box. I do not. Yeah. And you've got a box? I will have a box coming. Oh. It's coming. I okay. So it has so not been delivered help. yet. I actually have not received a tracking email yet. I'm surprised by this, but I'm hoping that it will come soon. So what you're going to do, Daniel is you're going to tell me what I'm going to get. Okay, okay. Well, and just so you know, I haven't looked in the box yet. Okay. I'm uh, excited. I have, I have cut the seal. I uh, did that right before we started recording, but I got this on Saturday, and the moment it arrived, I just stuck it up on the shelf. Because I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did an unboxing where we both opened the box together at the same time? Well, and I, I'm kind of confused on why you don't have yours. There's part of me that says, well, maybe it's because you subscribed after me. Because I subscribed within days of them announcing the Covert. Mm -hmm. But I had a friend who was a monthly subscriber and he actually got his yesterday. So after me. And then I'm like, well, maybe it has to do with geography. But you and I are both in the Midwest Mm -hmm. and he's out on the East Coast. And again – I've got one in the Midwest. He's got one on the East Coast. So I can't explain why you don't have yours, Ben. Maybe yours is going to have better stuff in it. Maybe the Well, the only thing I can say is that their website said that it should be delivered before the 28th, and it's not the 28th yet. So that's a possibility yeah. that they haven't – it's just not – I don't know. Tell me what I'm going to get. Open this box and let me know. Okay. Give me the visual it, picture, and, and we'll talk about – It's a black about, box. Okay. It's labeled Loot Crate. Uh, that's not surprising. Um, Makes sense. It It is maybe as thick as a nice textbook. Okay. So, all right. So I'm going to open it up. And again, the theme was covert and we know there's so something some Agents stuff. of S.H.I.E.L.D. in here. There's supposed to be uh, – here's what we thought we're gonna, was going to be in there. Uh, there's supposed to be an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, licensed uh, prop replica. And we were guessing lanyard, right, on that? That's what I yeah, was. Yeah, that's what we had guessed. And then I saw people online guessing that the Bond, there's supposed to be a James Bond thing in there that would be a James Bond shirt. And I don't know if that's because the description said there'd be a James Bond shirt or if it's just that's what people – or whatever. And then so Orphan Black the, comic. So I the box open. Okay. The, and those are the things we the, knew about. Yeah, Do it. The, the top item is this James Bond shirt. Tell me about it. Uh, white shirt. Mm-hmm. It's got that classic James Bond circle logo. Okay, the the gun barrel in in the middle of it. it there's a, a Sean Connery looking James Bond holding a martini. Uh huh. It's kind of a, a caricature, um, something closer to what a Scotty Young would do than so what a, a cartoony kind of yeah. James Bond. And, and right. it's got a logo that says this is stirred, and he looks sad. I don't get it. Um, well, because it's he wants it shaken, not stirred. Oh, so he's sad that it's it's a stirred martini, not a, a that's a shaken one. That's lip. the shirt. Yeah, um, that's it. Can, can I kind of be honest? Yeah, I yeah, don't please. want to sound really negative about this. Uh huh. I love James Bond. I would totally go for a James Bond shirt. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, this is not really the shirt I wanted. Um. You know, Daniel, I've watched unboxings before where people, they have to f- act excited about it because, like, they're affiliates and, and that kind of thing and, or they're reviewers and they're getting it for free. We did not get this for free. Um, I haven't gotten mine at all yet, but I have – it's not a free thing for us. We we can be honest here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'll be honest. I'm disappointed. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, the idea of a James Bond shirt was a really exciting thing for me. I was hoping for some sort of generic – you know, James Bondy looking thing, but this is not sounding like the kind of thing that I would wear. Um, I, I'm not. I, I'm a children's pastor, dude. I'm not going to wear yeah, I, a shirt with a joke about oh, alcohol. Yeah. yeah, you can't. Uh, if it had, had like the James Bond logo, if it had like a, the profile of James Bond in the eye, this would have been awesome. Um, right at the moment, and again, I have a lot of superhero shirts and a lot of pop culture shirts. Mm-hmm. At the moment, I'm wondering if I could sell this at my work, where there's a lot of other geeky people, for five bucks. Okay. Well, that's the thing. This only costs us twenty dollars. No, and actually, I got a discount, so it was less. Oh, only cost me twenty dollars. Okay. So there is a bag in here that's marked EFX Collectibles Marvel, and on the front it says Agents of Shield. And then there's another bag in here that's a lanyard. A lanyard. a, A lanyard cord. And it is uh, Agent Caning must have been a proud of me. I must have passed the test because it is the predicted lanyard. All right. So I'm. I'll be honest. I, I spent thirteen bucks on this. This is what I wanted out of the box, and I probably would have spent thirteen bucks for it. I would have spent maybe maybe ten, but you know I, I have places in my office right now, so it comes with a lanyard. That you clip on the the tag, yeah, it's a clip on one. It, I wear a lanyard every day for work. It's not really, I I kind of have a lanyard preference, so it's not my preference, but it does, you know, age it caning. Yeah, but if it's a nice shield replica thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang it somewhere here in my office. I, I wonder if, if I, I can attach to the back of my lanyard at work. Okay, um, um all right, that's I cool. Have- that's cool. Yeah, so that's I'm cool. pretty happy about that, and I and I saw at Nerd Crate in the past actually the Captain America cards that we talked about like a year ago. They had the Captain America cards in a Nerd Crate, but hmm. all right, I have a button that says Loot Crate March 2015 Covert. Yeah, okay, and that's pretty much trash. I'm not excited about that, but uh, right now, okay, so we're we're 30 33 a- excited. I have a bungee-like bracelet that's orange. I like orange. A bungee-like bracelet. Don't really wear bracelets. You don't it, see how it, this bracelet is a spy is thing. Is it like a woven rope kind of thing? Yes. That's a paracord bracelet. Oh, a paracord. Okay, so yeah. what's paracord? All the kids are wearing it. Oh, I'm not one of the kids, but I hang out with them. Well, okay. So you have a paracord bracelet. and it's, Okay, so it's spy... Um, this is the kind of thing you you take camping with you. Oh, so So it's one of those be prepared kind of things. No, no, no. It's just be prepared. You wear this. You you never know when you might need a rope. Okay. So, um, uh, oh, Daniel, one of your kids might like that though. Okay. I can give that to a kid. It's not a lost cause. So we're okay. we're, We're about half and half then. Um, okay, so I just pulled up a watch-looking thing, but it doesn't look like it really has a face. It just looks like it's all rubber. And when I picked it up, um, and it says Blink Time Stealth Wrist Watch. Okay, what is that? And I pressed on the front, and all of a sudden, little lights popped up. And it says it's 756, which it's totally not. Yeah, but you have to set a watch. Yeah, so that I, that is an unexpected thing. Passed on to my children, sounds like, but that's not a lost thing. No, it's a watch. Um, you know, if, if I'm giving this to my kids, then I don't consider it a bad thing. So, okay, we're we're over halfway. I could. I I'm half satisfied. I'm over halfway satisfied with the things you've pulled out of this box. All right. Hey, apparently I'm a 12 year old boy again. Okay. Um. Because I have Mad Libs. Oh, sweet. Spy Mad Libs. Okay. I'm okay. So I'm I'm four. Four things that I'll find use for, and, and two that I'm not excited about. So, and Mad Libs, that's what four ninety five cover price. Um, I'm looking to see if there is a cover price on here. I don't see. It'd be when. on the back by the. If there's a barcode no, on the dude, back, I understand that there's no barcode on the back. On, okay. Uh, I'm going to so, guess around five bucks. So yeah, that would be okay. My guess, and um. Okay, there's a thing here. Basically, you're proving to me is this $20 well spent or $20 poorly spent. And I think we're going to be for me leaning on the well spent here. Uh and I was here's worried. a thing from Loot Crate. Okay, so apparently the thing on the orange paracord thing is a Loot Crate logo. Oh, okay. And I'm supposed to do some stuff with it. I can unwrap it apparently. Yeah, that's what you do with a paracord bracelet. Oh, will I ever wrap it back again? Yeah, but you have to learn how to weave it, dude. I'm totally not going to learn how to weave it. So but the kids again, enjoy it. My my kids, kids enjoy it. Here's a little book about the things inside here. That's cool. Not really. Ooh, there's a story about Metal Gear through the years. That's cool. Um, Silver Screen Spies, Austin Powers. Oh, that might be cool. That might be fun to look at then. Um, I'm not. I'm I'm going to put that in the ambivalent neutral. And then there's the thing about the Mm -hmm. Mm T-shirt. Did the T-shirt and the watch and, again, the paracord. Okay, so that I'll put that to the side here. I have a little card here for a digital code for comiXology. I need Mm -hmm. to make sure to get this updated correctly, my comiXology account, because it is a code for a, a, a digital download of Ninjak number one. Forty-page first issue. Oh, Ninjak is uh, Valiant. Yeah, it's he's a James Bond ninja. Daniel, that was something we were just talking about doing a Valiant podcast. Well, you like Valiant. I like Valiant. Yeah, Uh, I'm a bit one of the few things that I buy all the trades of is Archer and Armstrong. Um, I'm actually uh, so this I will use this. Good. All right. Excellent. So the lanyard and that are both wins for me. And then here in the bottom, <laughs> I got a few more items. I have a comic book for Orphan Black. Uh, okay. I don't, Yay. I don't I don't watch Orphan Black. I want to watch Orphan Black. I haven't. So the comic book is not really going to be something I'm probably even going to read. It's a Loot Crate exclusive. Um, if I could sell it. Well, okay. So I was talking to somebody today who's a friend in Kansas and... Who I sometimes sell some some stuff to, and uh-huh. it turns out they watch Orphan Black. So I said, "Do you?" I knew that this was in here because of all the stories about how it was the number one comic last month because of Loot Crate. Oh, and huh. and, and I said, "I know I've got a variant cover in there. It feels kind of thin, by the way." Um, do you want it? That? And they said yes. So, so I'm going to send them that. And then there's well, I can't little, sell it to that guy now. Great, thanks a lot, Daniel. Oh, he wasn't going to buy it anyway. And then. There's these little notebooks Mm -hmm. that say field notes.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yeah. There's one lined and And one gridded. It's like the graph paper. Yeah. Are you serious? Field notes are in there. Yeah. 48 page memo books. Yeah. They're like small little notebooks. Yeah. Daniel, I use those all the time. There's I love field notes. There's a what? 2015 calendar on the inside cover. Yeah. They fieldnotesbrand.com dot com, so maybe you could buy some more if you. Really I have did it. I have a bunch of these. I use them for like everything. Um, I use them at work. I, ha- I use it to make sure I'm keeping track of every- all the lists that I need to keep track of, and uh, it- and then I'll I'll do a new notebook for like when there's a big new project coming up. Uh, you know, any at work for my writing for I-, I mean, just have my cousin turn me on to these. They are. Uh, they're not cheap, so like you get three of them for for nine ninety five, generally usually. But then they do like a new branded field notebook every every three months, and so with different colors or different themes and that kind of thing. So there's there are really field notebooks in there.
1: Yeah, well, so the
0: field notes confidential. They've got a yellow tag around them. Of course I went to the website. Oh, Field Notes brand. Yeah, fieldnotesbrand.com, not fieldnotes.com. Yeah, yeah cuz that's totally not the same thing. Not at all. Not at all. These are they're they're based on like old <laughs> farmer's notebooks. Well, th- this one kind of looks like it's a spy one. Well, that's because they do different themes. And my favorite's I love graph paper whenever I get a notebook, I try and get graph paper because you but can one, use one it one way has. or the other one of these has graph paper. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, well, I'm... Daniel, I my $20, while not money I would have spent normally, it sounds like uh, that loot crate that's coming my way is going to be $20 value at least to me. And that's uh, again, taking I... the shirt and the comic out of the equation. The lanyard. The lanyard for me is the winner. The lanyard and the... Th- Field notebooks. I can't believe there's field notebooks. This is like my luckiest day of my whole week.
1: Now, so here's the granted question I have five you. days of
0: my whole week have been spent laying in bed with a tonsil infection. But I wondered if we were even going to podcast. But so you know, again, this is basically a twenty dollar box. It's yeah. a subscription service. Are you still subscribed? I am not still subscribed. I am not planning on doing another loot crate. Um, and actually. While I may come out a winner on this box, I don't... I mean, that shirt does not sound... uh, It's not the James Bond shirt that I'm looking for. No, no. I am really not interested in the blind box anyway. For heaven's sakes, I'm sitting here wearing a S.H.I.E.L.D. shirt. If you just made a James Bond MI6 shirt, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't feel bad... Not subscribing to the next box. I don't even know what the next box theme is going to be. I don't think they've announced it. But but I, but, but I also canceled, canceled because I didn't want to get charged again until I knew what was coming. I think if if something was to warn me that something like the lanyard was coming like they did with this covert one, that I'd look at it again. Um, again, I, I mentioned that nerd block thing or whatever it was. I kind of feel bad that I didn't get the Captain America cards in yeah. in that box because it also came with like a pop thing and the a Deadpool a Deadpool pop when that came out. <laughs> the um, but the again, lanyard, I, I think the lanyard makes it the reason why I even subscribed in the first place to this box. But yeah, although yeah, field notes, Daniel, I can't believe there's field notes in there. Yeah, that's so cool. Two little field notes, but yeah, it's. That's so my cool. my deal. Yeah. Well, it is my deal. But... I mean, the box. Yeah. I... You know, they have an affiliate uh, program that I was considering, but I just... If it's going to be stuff where you're taking the risk like this, I don't want to take the risk of... Well, they are nine ninety five for two. For three. For three. Yeah, for three. But they're worth it. I mean... No, I write very tiny, but... Anyway... You got to pay shipping on that, though. I can't remember. I think so. I think so. Hmm. You can subscribe to them, and it's a similar kind of situation where you get a subscribed uh, box where you'll get the next set of of field notebooks, and they do it four times a year. Plus, you also get some extra stuff. And I haven't subscribed yet, but I'm planning to. Once a, it's not blind, by the way, when you subscribe you don't know what's coming in the future but you can subscribe to the most recent one knowing what it was and anyway the the retail centers to get these are all the art stores in downtown minneapolis yeah yeah anyway uh, we can we could we could make wholesale customized ones that say welcome to level 7 they're very expensive and you have to do a pretty big print well run. we only have to order a thousand right i don't think we have that many listeners Anyway, Daniel, it's time for us to say goodnight because it is getting late, and as you said, you weren't even sure I was going to be able to podcast. I was glad that I was, but my voice is about dead. All right. Well, till we meet again, sir. All right. Thanks for uh, giving me a little preview
1: of what I'm about to get in the mail in the next couple of days. (laughs) Good luck with that.